You are listening to a five-minute version of Words of Life, a message of hope from the Salvation Army. Advent is about preparing to receive Christ into our lives in a new way. This invasion of Christ always asks of us some change. For the follower of Jesus, the change typically requires the removal of something that doesn't conform to Jesus' likeness and the addition of what does. I well remember something that happened at one of our family dinners when I was a teenager. Surprisingly, the biscuits my mother served that evening were just plain awful. An unspoken rule in the family was that we never criticize mother's cooking. But that night, there was tension in the air because, well, we were appalled at the taste. Finally, one of us children, who will not be named, blurted out that these were the strangest biscuits he or she had ever eaten. This was immediately followed by the stern stare of our father at the sibling who dared to demean mother's baking. Mother, however, was already trying to solve the problem. Phil, she asked, Phil, are you sure you got the right thing when I sent you next door to borrow some baking powder? Baking powder? I asked sheepishly. I think I asked for baking soda. During the Advent season, we are invited to remove something in our lives that is unworthy of a follower of Jesus and replace it with something that is. In case you are surprised to hear the purpose of the Advent season described in a way similar to how we describe the purpose of the Lenten season leading up to Good Friday and Easter, the Advent season leading up to Christmas was originally established as a shorter Lenten season. The first step of this process is what we call confession. Confession is the admission that something wrong or defective in our lives needs changing. As followers of Jesus, we can approach the Father through Jesus to confess our sins and receive forgiveness and cleansing. Recognizing our sins almost always affects our relationships. James invites us also to confess our sins to each other. We are a part of each other's healing. This is especially true when our sin has harmed a specific person to whom we simply must go in humility and confess. Even after doing so, sometimes we must live with a person's refusal to forgive us. We still honor that person, however, whereas before we had dishonored him or her. Christian confession does not stop with the confessing. It is followed by the determination to replace the wrong or defect with something that is a genuine creation of Christ. The change we seek is more fully to acquire the character and compassion of Christ. We not only own our sin and shortcomings, we begin the process of changing toward His likeness. John the Baptist, Jesus' forerunner, helped begin the revival in Judea by preaching to large crowds that they needed to confess their sins and receive God's forgiveness. He used a traditional practice of water baptism to help people mark and remember their confessions. Those who were baptized, however, 
were not left without some very basic guidelines for how they were to live differently. The whole point of confessing and receiving God's forgiveness is to clear the way and empower us to live the life of Jesus. Some see confessing as getting off scot-free, receiving another excuse slip for sinning. True confessing is starting over. Some of us need to start our whole lives over again. So far have we strayed from God. Others of us who have been on this journey with Jesus realize that there are some ingredients still needed in the mix of our lives that will bring us closer to likeness to Jesus. Thanks for listening. To hear the full version of this week's episode, subscribe to Words of Life on your favorite podcast store or visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org.